0: Can I share a thought with you guys real quick that wasn't on my mind except for just a few minutes ago? That song, to me, is an amazing song in this fact. Is it just me or have you ever felt like in your life that in the midst of a blessing or something that God, you know, you know, you know God's there with you. You know what you're experiencing is a supernatural event and God has moved in your heart and he's moved in your life and there's just, it seems like thank you just isn't enough I don't know if I'm the only one in this room that's ever felt that way, but sometimes I'm just like Lord. I don't even know, in my human ability to communicate the gratitude and the gratefulness of my heart, sometimes to God, I don't have words. Does that make sense? I don't know what to say to Him that would be that would be worthy enough to show Him how much I love Him for what He's doing for me, what He's done for me, and what He will do for me in the future. But here's what I want you guys to always remember: You're enough. All God wants is this. He wants you. He wants your heart. So when you don't think, Lord, what am I going to do? How can I express my gratitude and my gratefulness to what you've done in my life or what you're doing? Offer yourself. When you don't know what else to do, always say, Lord, I know what you want. And what you want is me. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later on tonight and the reasons why we do that. What I want to do tonight is I want to give you guys a little bit of a theme, if I can, for what I think I want to cast you guys off into this school year with spiritually, if I can put it that way. But before I do that, I want to give you guys an opportunity to turn to your groups real quick for the next few minutes. I do have one question I want you to discuss And then small group leaders, if you guys can just touch base with your students, if there's new kids in your group, get the information from them. And I know the leaders are going to talk to you about contacting your parents this year just to say hi to them and let them know who they are and just kind of communicate with them back and forth from there. But the first question I've got for you guys is on your bulletin, what freedom would you like to have that your parents deny you of now? What freedom would you like as a high school kid, if your parents would just let you have it, what would it be that they're denying you of right now, as far as freedom goes in your life and what you would like to do? Make sense? Talk about that at your tables, turn to your groups, get your information, get to know each other, and then we'll turn back up here in a few minutes. A little bit of scripture tonight for the next few minutes, um, I'm going to try to do my best to shorten up my messages just a little bit so you guys have a little more time to consume them, if you will, as I talk. I'm not promising anything because I usually got a lot on my mind. So what I want to do real quick is I want to give you guys a little bit of background of what I want to want to talk about. Because this idea of do it all, 1 Corinthians 10:31, do it all to the glory of God, which I'll talk about in just a second. But I like to give you guys some meat that you can hang on to is in the Bible, when you're reading the books of the Bible I want you guys to read the introductions, because when you read the introductions, it gives you a little bit more of an idea of what you're reading that way. Does that make sense? So you got a little more understanding in the scripture. So first and second Corinthians, First Corinthians is where we'll be looking at tonight. It's really a call to the believers in Corinth to repent from worldly actions and to start to live and to pursue true spirituality. So I want to cast you guys into your schools this year with this idea of doing this, to repent from worldly actions, to not do things that the world does, to not act a fool like nonbelievers. I, I really want you guys to hear my heart, okay? Hear me. Hear me, hear me, hear me, please. Here's what happens. On a Wednesday night, everybody shows up in here to youth group on a Wednesday night. Now, I don't do social media stuff because here's what I know. By the time you leave this room and you clear out here to the parking lot and you get in your car, you're already on social media doing something stupid or consuming something stupid, So I don't do social media for that reason. But here's what else I want you guys to do. I want you to be able to do this. You ready? I want you to be able to walk in youth group on a Wednesday night, not perfect in your behavior, but perfect in your desire to walk with Christ. And then after youth group, what I want you to do is walk back out of the room like this and go to school at home, and I want you to live for Christ. I want there to be a consistency in your life from when you come in and from when you go out. Does that make sense to you guys? Because here's what I know about church. And this is not just high school students or junior high students. This is adults. A good majority of people show up on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, and they got two different lives. You show up in here, and you act like a Christian for an hour or so, and then you leave here, and you go, and you act like a hypocrite. So you're either... A hypocrite is this. You're play-acting. You're either play-acting as a non-Christian or you're play acting as a Christian. I don't know what that is. But I want to you guys this year for you. This is what I want you to do. I want you to pursue true spirituality. You guys are going to make mistakes. You're young. You're going to do stupid things. I get that. But you don't have to. Do you know you don't have to sin? Do you know you don't have to give in to sexual temptation? You guys know you don't have to do that, right? And you got the power of the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian that dwells in your heart. The same power, it says in the beginning, in the beginning, the Spirit of God dwelt over the darkness of the deep. The Spirit of God dwelt there. And then it says, the Spirit of God raised Jesus Christ from the grave. That same Spirit, as a Christian, dwells in you. So I want you guys to realize as we walk into this year, I want you to pursue true spirituality. I want you to be able to be consistent from when you walk in and when you walk out, Then no one can say he's a play actor, he's a hypocrite. He goes and he does one thing on the football field, and he comes in here and he acts completely different on a Wednesday night. Or she goes to school and all she does is gossip while she's at school, and she's mean and she bullies people, and she comes in here on a Wednesday night and acts like everything's okay. I don't know if you guys are there, hear me if you're doing that in your life, that's exhausting. I always put it this way, that's living the life where you're looking over your shoulder. I want you to live your life this way. I want you to live your life like I'm walking beside you the whole time you're living your life. Because if you're walking beside me, guess who else you're walking beside? Christ. And every leader in this room wants you to do that. That's our goal for you as we get into this year. But what I want to do is I want to give you some scripture. So first and second Corinthians was all about that. It was written around 50 or 51 A.D., thousands of years ago this was written. Thousands of years. But yet it's so relevant to what we live our lives like today. The theme of this was Christian unity Sexual (laughs) purity. Think about this. What would school look like? You ready? What would high school look like? What would the locker rooms look like? What would the buses look like? What would the classrooms look like? If you live this way, this theme of this book is Christian unity, sexual (laughs) purity. Anybody else? Sexual purity in this world, guess what? It can be achieved. It can be achieved, gentlemen, You don't have to play along with the world. You don't have to click on stuff that you shouldn't be looking at online. And ladies, you don't have to do it either. Sexual purity in the high school, could you imagine what that would look like? Huh? Spiritual gifts and the resurrection. You see, there's one difference between Christianity and the rest of the religion in the world. You know what it is? Our God is alive. No other religious sect on the planet makes a statement, and can prove it that Jesus Christ is raised, from, raised from, the, from the grave. He's alive, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's what we're talking about here, and I want you guys to be able to live your life in a way that, you're, that you're, the way you live brings glory to God in everything that you do. Think about your life this way. Think about if you, as everybody know what grace is, right? Praying over your food. You bow your head, and you thank God for your food, right? Think about every time before you did something or didn't do something, you bowed your head and you thanked God for it. The way you're going to talk to each other at school, the what you're going to look at online, how you're going to treat your parents. If you can just stop for a second and say grace and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me be nice to my mom and dad tonight. Do you live that way? That's my goal for you guys is to do everything that you do to the glory of God this year. But I want to give you guys some scripture. I'm going to read through this real quick, and then I'm going to break it down for about five minutes And then we're going to move on. So, if you've got your Bibles, it's in your bulletin as well on the right hand side of the page. This is titled The Believer's Freedom, okay? This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, who were known. Their reputation, you guys, was sexual immorality. That's what these guys were known for. Their temples were full of sexual immorality. Paul writes, I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, Your body does not belong to you, you've been bought with a high price glorify God with your body. See, now that is in a sexual context, but I want to stretch that out a little bit. Glorifying God with your body is not just sexually. It's your language, it's your behavior, it's rude behavior, it's being kind to people. What are you doing with your body? Because what Paul is getting at here is he's telling him, you have freedom. As a Christian, you have freedom, and that's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 says this. This is what the Corinthians would, they would scream this from the rooftops. This was their echo. This was their cry. Paul says, you would say, I have the right to do anything. The Corinthians would be like, we have the right to do anything. We're Christians, right? We have freedom in Christ. We have the right to do anything. But Paul says, you say that. But Paul says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So Paul is telling the Corinthian church, you do have freedom but don't abuse your freedom. You do have freedom as Christians, but don't you dare abuse it because it's not helpful. If you, if you abuse your Christianity, it's not helpful for others. It doesn't build them up because Paul also goes on to say, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat, and he goes on, and I'm not gonna read this scripture because I don't have time tonight. Basically, he's going on to talk about food in this example. He's talking about if, if, if you're a Christian, Eat what you want. God made everything. It's not that big a deal. If it's made, if it's been sacrificed to idols, it doesn't matter. Paul doesn't want you going to participate in that, he tells the Corinthians. But if it's meat, eat it. It's not that big a deal. But he does go on to say, too, for your own sake, if someone says this meat, let's just say we have a brand-new believer, somebody who's young in the Lord, and he comes to Paul and he says, this meat has been sacrificed to an idol. God didn't like that. So Paul, being a mature Christian would look at the weaker Christian and go, then let's not eat it, because he did not want to cause that pro- that person any trouble. You guys have to realize, if I could line you up in this room, some of you are very spiritually mature, and then others of you are not very spiritually mature, so the guy who's spiritually mature, should he do things that would negatively impact the one who's immature? No. Why? Because it doesn't honor God, and he goes on to give that ex- explanation in <clears throat> verse 31. So he goes on after he says this. He says, so whatever, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews or Greeks or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is telling you tonight that you have freedom in Christ you can do anything you want to do, but you got to ask yourself, is it beneficial? I could do anything I want to do as a Christian, but I got to ask myself, is it helpful? And I want to give you guys a few principles to live by this school year. Because if I'm going to say, and Paul's going to say, do everything you do to the glory of God, whether you, whatever you eat or whatever you drink and whatever you eat or whatever you drink, I want to touch on this real quick. It's what you consume. What you consume does two things. It affects your health number one. So whatever you're consuming is going to impact you spiritually. It's either going to be good for you and building you up or it's going to be bad for you and it's going to be tearing you down. So whatever you eat or whatever you drink, do everything to the glory of God. So if I'm online or if I'm looking at social media or I'm reading something or watching a television show, whatever it is, I got to ask myself, is this helping me to be healthy spiritually or is it going to impact me where I'm unhealthy spiritually? principles, whatever you do on that bulletin right there, principles to live by this year to achieve this goal. At the end of the year, I want you to be able to say I'm consistent in my walk with Christ. And this year, to the best of my ability, by God's grace, I have done everything I've done to his glory. That's how I want you guys to live this year. And I want to help you and the leaders want to help you achieve that. So let's go through this real quick. Principle number one, glorify God in all that you do. Look at the bulletin or up there, or don't do. All that you do and what you don't do, let it bring glory to God. Because it matters, you guys. So whether you eat, whether you eat, or whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. How do we do this practically? We intentionally live by what we proclaim as Christians. You intentionally live. You don't accidentally live a Christian life, you guys. You have to be intentional. If you're not going to be intentional, and that basically means on purpose, I'm going to do everything I do on purpose for God, you'll find yourself limiting those times when you're going to struggle because I'm more intentional. That doesn't mean times won't come. You're still going to have temptations. All these things are going to happen. But if we do this intentionally as to what we proclaim, it makes a difference. Notice that Paul says, whatever you do. What do you think that means? Whatever you do, <laughs> it's not rocket science, is it? In other words, every single aspect of our lives is to glorify God. What we choose for fun, how we handle social media, how we respond to sexual temptation, the way we treat our families, how much how we spend our money and what we spend it on, the way we deal with teachers and our school, and how we do it at our jobs. And I know this is difficult. This is. Let me put it this way. It's impossible to do in your own strength. But the more you surrender to Christ, the more strength you get, the more grace he gives you. And you can, look at me, look, 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 look. Would the apostle Paul ask you to do anything that you couldn't do in Christ? Think about it. Would Paul really really charge you to go do something that was absolutely impossible? No. So this is achievable. You can do this. It's up to you whether you do it or not, and it's up to you whether you surrender more. It's never about trying harder in Christianity, you guys. It's about surrendering more, and the result of my surrender to Christ is my behavior changes for his glory. So if you're struggling, the trying comes through surrender. The surrender comes victory. That's how that works. So are you striving to live your life this way? I'm not asking you if you're perfect. Perfect. Is your motive to live your life this way? That's what you have to ask yourself. So principle number two is watch your step because people are watching you. Do you guys realize this is the one thing I really want you guys to hang on to tonight? Do you realize as Christians the way you live your life impacts other people, positively or negatively? Think about all the leaders in this room. Let's just say all of us leaders decided after youth group tonight, we're going to go down to the bar and we're going to slam back some cold ones. Would that positively or negatively impact the way you view us as leaders? <laughs> I'd like to think I know the answer to that question, right? You'd be like, dude, what are you doing, you moron? You gotta ask yourselves. You guys don't have any idea how powerful you are. Do you know that? Because the one who dwells in you is where you get your power from. You can live this way. You can, you oh God, you guys, come on. You can impact your school for Christ. Do you know that? You really can. Clint, Brian, everybody in this room who has a job is impacting their workplace for Christ in a positive way. Does it go well? No, but we do. You guys can live this life. This principle is do not cause anyone to stumble. Don't cause anyone to stumble because, see, look at it this way. If we did go do that, we went back and went out tonight and slammed a bunch of cold ones down after youth group, would that cause you to stumble? That basically means don't lead another person into sin because if I do that, what I'm doing is giving you a green light to drink because if Dan drinks, I can drink. Is that not true? So when you have friends at school, if you're looking at porn, your buddies can look at porn. If you're gossiping in a hallway, your girls can gossip in the hallway Because you're causing someone else to stumble. If you're a strong believer in this room, you never do that to someone else. That's a horrible way for you to do that. So principle number two is watch your step because people are watching you. Read the rest of that tonight as you go through that. Because the context of this is this. You live your life in such a manner not to cause another person to stumble so that they might be saved. That's why we do this. That's why I don't want to sin because it ruins my testimony. I want to do these things so that someone might be saved and come to know Christ and know in their heart the relationship like I have with Jesus. That's what all of us want for you as leaders in this room. We want you to know that. And if we're acting a fool spiritually, we're going to negatively impact you in that way. So you got to ask yourself what are you doing? Are you willing to do whatever you can do to help whoever you can? in order that it might lead them to salvation through Jesus Christ. So when you think, why am I doing this Christian thing? Because you want to make sure that you know somebody else because the way you're living your life, that aroma may lead someone else into a relationship with Jesus. That's what Paul's trying to get across to us. Principle number three is this, be mindful of who you follow. Paul's not simply asking you to follow him. He's asking you to follow him with the same attitude and the same actions as what he has to lead people to Christ. Are you willing to do that? And you do that by doing whatever you do, To the glory of God. No matter what, I got the freedom, I can do whatever I wanna do, but is it helpful? I got the freedom, I can do whatever I wanna do, but is it constructive? And is everything I'm doing to the glory of God? Paul's not saying this. Listen, Paul is not saying this, follow me, because he's all that in a bag of chips. Paul's not saying, follow me, because I'm doing everything right. Paul is saying, follow me, because of who I follow. Can I have all the leaders stand up real quick, please? And then we'll go back to small groups in just a second. Priscilla, would you stand, please? Because I know you well enough to know this is true. See all these guys right here? They want, they want, they have a desire that you would follow them. They really do. They have a desire that you would follow them in life, that you would take their advice, that you, they would, that you would walk the way they walk and build a relationship with the Lord like they have. Do you know why they want you to follow them? It's not because they're doing it right. It's because of who they follow. See, I know everybody in this room is following Jesus Christ. To the best of their ability, by the grace of God and to his glory, they're following the Lord. That's why I want you to follow them. Does that make sense? So every Wednesday night when these guys show up, that's what they're here for. They're here, they're holding out their hand to you and go, follow me, follow me. I promise you it's better this way. And if you'll walk with them, it'll change your life forever. And you follow them not because they're good people, you follow them and you trust them because of their relationship with Christ. Make sense? Have a seat. So are you willing to do that? Are you willing to make sure that you're doing everything to the glory of God? Are you willing to make sure that you would never cause another brother or sister to stumble? That's a horribly bad thing. I pray that I would never do that to someone, that I would cause them to stumble because of the way I'm behaving as a Christian. And the third thing is making sure you're following the right people in your life. That's the third principle. Turn to your small groups, visit about these things, talk some more, and we'll come back up here in just a few minutes. Okay, if I can have you guys' attention back to the front of the room real quick, we'll get this thing wrapped up. I got one last thought for you guys, and then I do want to play a video tonight. I want to give you guys an opportunity as we head off into the school year for youth group and being a Christian and walking the halls of school like we're talking about, because my goodness, you guys, there's probably, what, 20, 30 students in here tonight? every one of you, if you went to your schools or wherever you're at, do you know what a difference you can make for Christ? You really can, and I want to see you guys do that. Living by these principles are important, but look up at the screen. Principles are meant to guide you. These principles or principles that we talked about tonight are just a few in a plethora that is in Scripture, but they're just meant to guide you. The bottom part of that said, but they are not the substitute, they're not a substitute for a relationship with Jesus Christ. You live, if you guys will get the rhythm of this, oh my gosh, it'll change everything for you. If you live your life and you do whatever you do to the glory of God, it's because you have a relationship with the one who gave himself for you that you might have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ died on a cross. He came from heaven to earth, born in a manger, headed for a cross, born in a cradle, headed for a cross. Why did he do that? Because he loves you, but it's up to you what you do with it. When you watch Jesus Christ die on the cross and you watch the shed blood of our Savior, when that blood's dripping off that cross after he's been beaten that bad and he died on that cross and was buried in the grave and three days later was raised from the grave and he lives at the right hand of the Father right now, he did that because he wants a relationship with you. That's why he did that. And if you will live your life based on that relationship, all these principles will be a lot easier for you to walk out. Does that make sense? But you, principles are good, but they're meant to guide you. And sometimes those principles might guide you to the Savior. And sometimes those principles might guide you in the dust of the rabbi, as it's put. And you walk so close behind the Lord. If he's in a dirt field, you walk so close behind him that the dust from his steps land on the top of your feet. That's how close I want you guys to walk with Christ. But you've got to realize what God's done for you to redeem you back into relationship with Him should blow our mind and it should change how we behave. From the inside out, be transformed by the from the inside out. That's how that works. Not behavior-based modification, a heart changed behavior. And then you're consistent in your Christian walk. So what I want to do is I want to close with a song. Corey, if you could bring up that video. You guys can stand, you can sing, you can sit, you can pray. But I really want you guys to do me a favor while this song is playing. I want you to ask yourself, do you really want to build your life in Christ? Do you really want to do all that you do to the glory of God this school year? Because if you do and you ask God, he'll help you. It's that simple. Pray, talk to God. If you've got some notes, you want to convict yourself or commit to something this year, this is when you can do this as you just kind of reflect on the song that we're going to play here. Everything you eat or drink, I want you to do it to the glory of God. And we do it by His grace to His glory. We don't do it in our own strength. We don't do it by ourselves. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross and that empty tomb, we can do whatever He calls us to do and we live it out by His grace. So make sure this year that no matter what it is, that's your desire. You're not going to be perfect at it. I'm not talking about perfect behavior. I will use this saying until the last breath. I'm not talking about perfect behavior, but you can be perfect in your behavior if you're perfect in your response. Because here's what I know. The Holy Spirit of God as a Christian. The Holy Spirit of God that dwells in you will convict you and warn you and go, wait, don't do that. So when you find yourself getting into behavior you shouldn't be getting into, As a Christian, it's because you're not listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Don't you tell me God's not talking to you, because he is, and he'll put barriers up, he'll guide you, he'll speak to you, he'll warn you, he'll convict you. It's up to you to listen to him when he does. And if you find yourself pushing through those barriers, you find yourself pushing through those warnings, and you see yourself going into behavior that does not bring glory to God, you repent, you ask him to forgive you, and you get back on track, and you begin to walk again with the Lord doesn't mean that you're separated from him. It doesn't mean that you're going to hell. It does mean, though, that you're damaging that relationship. With my wife, I do everything I can to build my relationship with my wife exactly like I do with Jesus. It's as simple, and I'll close with this. Every decision you're going to make in your life, you have to consider this. Is this decision helping my relationship with Christ, or is it harming my relationship with Christ? Those are the two questions you've got to ask yourself in everything that you do. And if you say, this relate this, this decision helps me, it helps my relationship with the Lord, then you're on the right track. Not perfect in behavior, perfect in response to when the Holy Spirit of God speaks to your heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. I'm grateful, Lord, for your word. Grateful for a truth that was penned so long ago, but yet is so relevant today. So I pray in the name of Jesus that the leaders in this room, myself and the students that have heard what you had to say through us through the scripture tonight, I pray, Lord, that you would brand these things upon our heart You would remind us to surrender more to you each and every day. That way we would be transformed by the inside out. It's not behavior based modification, Lord. It's a heart change. And out of that heart comes good fruit, comes good behavior, behavior that will bring you glory. Help these students to realize, Lord, how powerful they are. Not because of, of who they are, but who dwells in them. They have the power to raise life, Lord, that dwells in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I pray, Lord, that they would realize that they can do this, they can bring you glory in all that they do, and that they would realize never to live a life where they cause another brother or sister to stumble. That's a horrible thing to do in your eyes, Lord. Help them to never, always consider what they're deciding to do would have an impact on others in their, in, their, in their life, in their circle of life. And then, Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to follow good people who follow you, because that's what makes them trustworthy. Help us with these things, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.